Hey everyone, this is a serialized story, so if you haven't listened from the beginning, go back to episode one and start from there. Previously on Blind Landing. The vault's the wrong height. It's too low. The vault set too low. Was set too low. It was two inches lower. You know who goes to the Olympic Games and thinks the equipment's going to be set up incorrectly? If the horse is in the wrong place, even by a couple inches, you're pretty well doomed. Gymnast sat, flopped, and crashed. Several scary falls. You know, that's a lot of scary, scary things that happen to a lot of girls. During the women's gymnastics all-around final at the 2000 Olympics, the vault was set at the wrong height. It was two inches too low. And by the time the problem was discovered, eight gymnasts had fallen on vault. This had never happened before, so there was no roadmap for what to do next. And when officials tried to make things right, they picked the one solution that felt totally wrong to the gymnasts. I'm Ari Saperstein, and this is Blind Landing, the untold story of one of the biggest mistakes in Olympic history. Episode 3. What was the, um, the solution that they told you at the time? Uh, that you mean that we could go back and do the event over again? <laughs> yes, that was the solution. So we were told um, anyone that competed on the setting that was incorrect could go back and repeat the event. Elise Ray was the first gymnast to fall on vault during the all-around. It was halfway through the competition before officials realized the problem. But they came up with a solution pretty quickly. A redo. Anyone who competed on the low vault would get to go again at the end of the competition. And if the, if the vault setting was unheard of, this was whatever unheard of is times a million. A vault redo. That sounds like such a simple, straightforward, and sensible solution. But you have to remember, this is the Olympic all-around competition. The all-around is when you add up all four events, vault, uneven bars, balance beam, and floor exercise, and you get an all-around score. So after her very scary fall on vault, Elise had three more events to compete. It's so much a mental state, right? We've talked about this a little bit. So the feeling that I had after vault um, did the damage that it did throughout the whole competition. After falling on vault, Elise moved on to the balance beam. Beam was one of my strongest events in my whole career, and I was prepared the best I could have been. And on beam, she fell again. I was just not in a state to perform the way I should have because of everything that had happened. First event, vault, started the way it did, and it was just like, I I can't explain it in any other way besides just, you know, popping an air balloon. Like, you go from fully inflated, ready to go, to absolutely nothing. And so to pick yourself up from that for three, or in my case, four more events, um, it was just, I didn't know how I was going to do it. So part of it is because it's not that one event that's impacted. It's the whole competition because of where your mental state is at. Right. It's a collective. Yeah. Those four events are a collective effort. So the domino effect is real, right? So I just 
once the damage is done, you can't go back. Like I, yeah, if it's the collection of work, you have a hard time separating it all. And the thing is, other than the vault, nothing else in the arena stopped. Gymnasts who had crashed on vault, like Elise, were now trying to compete on the beam, or the floor, the uneven bars. The officials didn't seem to have a plan for how to tell everyone what was going on, and what was next. So did did an official ever come up to you and tell you guys? No, not until the end. Kelly Hill, Elise's coach. It was all gossip around the floor that we were going to be allowed to do it the vault again. They don't make an announcement in the arena to try to tell. They don't do anything to let people know that they still have a chance. Not that I remember. I don't remember there being a lot of information. I remember us all trying to talk amongst ourselves and try to figure out what we were supposed to do. I have to say, I'm, I'm pretty struck by the way that information got to you or didn't get to you. They don't stop the competition. They don't they didn't. They didn't. No, they did not stop the competition. I, I remember asking Kelly, like, what's going on? Like, it was, it was very evident that something was going on in the arena. That's why we were trying, as coaches, trying to figure out what was happening. It's like, the whole thing was a mess. It was just a complete mess. It changed the trajectory of the entire competition for everyone involved. Alana Slater, the Australian gymnast we heard from in our last episode. And, and that's really sad because it, it would have been a very different Olympic final, all-around final, and we may or may not have had a different champion, but we'll never know. What happened on vault had consequences that impacted the entire competition. The falls and stumbles that gymnasts had when it was set too low impacted their confidence, their concentration, and their mindset. These were consequences that a vault redo could never repair, especially when it came to one gymnast in particular, a gymnast named Svetlana Horkina. Svetlana Horkina, she is a fierce competitor. I always loved Svetlana Korkina. She had the potential to become Olympic champion. At competitions in 2000, I couldn't have made a single mistake because I was the leader of international gymnastics and in my best shape. This is Svetlana Horkina, one of the most decorated gymnasts of all time. She was coming into the 2000 Games having already won the Russian Championships, European Championships, and World Championships. Svetlana wasn't at Sydney just to compete. She was there to win gold. When I was competing at the 2000 Olympics in Sydney, I knew that there were no more contenders for gold in the individual all-around but me. I was in the best shape of my whole elite career and knew that this medal would be 100% mine. If Svetlana sounds exceptionally confident, that's because she was. And of course, she had the track record to back it up. And her competitors didn't hate on Svetlana for having that attitude. In fact, according to Elise, it's what they liked about her. I love that she had spunk and sass and spoke her mind. I 
just loved her gymnastics. Oh my gosh. Since I had finished first in the qualification, I had always felt, before the final, that I would place first in the all-around. Svetlana didn't just win the qualifications for the all-around. She won it by three-tenths. In gymnastics, three-tenths? That's huge. That's like finishing a race while the rest of the pack still has another lap to go. And as if that didn't make enough of a statement... At the all-around final, Svetlana wore an outfit to go with her larger-than-life persona. A black Swarovski crystal-encrusted leotard. What she called her, quote, wedding dress leotard. Svetlana wanted all eyes on her. And that, that's certainly what happened during the all-around. Especially when she went to vault. Because every broadcast in that arena turned their camera to her, all capturing this one moment. (laughs) This is Svetlana telling her coach to straighten the springboard at the base of the vault. Sometimes a gymnast finds that uh, she is shouted at by the coach. Sometimes it's the other way around. (laughs) That's telling her. She's not shy. This moment, which commentators applied a sort of diva narrative to, it was being misinterpreted. Svetlana, in preparing to go on vault, she was feeling on edge because she was planning to do one of the most difficult vaults in the world, something only she had ever done. The risk, it was the Russian way. Go big or go home. The yelling, it was the Svetlana way and that she was going to make damn sure that springboard was perfect as she got one step closer to the gold. And Svetlana, she actually writes about what happens next in detail in her memoir. The light went on. I started the run for my first attempt. I closed my eyes for a second and rushed into the battle. A powerful push with my legs... And then a flight. And I landed on my knees, smashing them into the ground. Svetlana, the front runner, fell on vault. My first thought after the fall on vault, it was pain. Pain in my knees and pain in my heart because I knew that with such a mistake on vault... I wouldn't be able to be the winner of the all-around. Svetlana was heartbroken, and under the impression that the gold was gone. She had no idea there was something wrong with the vault, and no idea that she'd get another shot. No one even suspected that someone could set an apparatus not according to the standards. As Svetlana goes to her next event, that's when the officials discover that the vault is the wrong height. But, like we heard, they don't stop the competition or make an announcement on the overhead speakers. The officials go around one by one, telling gymnasts about the vault mistake and the redo. But they don't make their way to Svetlana before she starts her uneven bars routine. Again, Svetlana describes this moment in her memoir. No matter how hard I tried to tune into my favorite event, the uneven bars... My mental game was destroyed. 
I kept thinking about that unfortunate vault. If not for that silly error, I would have been the leader. Without understanding that the horse was set incorrectly, I blamed myself. The shock from vault was so hard that when doing a release, a skill that I invented that was named after me, I fell from the high bar, landing on my smashed knees again. Svetlana fell again, this time on the bars. So afterwards, when an official finally makes their way over to Svetlana and tells her about the vault redo, all she can think about is how no matter what, she can't undo the fall on bars. I learned about the wrongly set height of the vault only after I made the mistake on bars. If I was told earlier, maybe I wouldn't have made the mistake on bars. I would have made another attempt on the vault, again, with the other gymnasts. Maybe I would have won the all-around. But it is all maybes. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's really easy to let one mistake turn, just multiply and snowball out of control. This is Angie Pfeiffer, a sports psychologist and executive board member for the Association for Applied Sports Psychology. My background is, it's really focused on the performance side of psychology rather than the the clinical side. My focus is solely on how to be your best more consistently. Angie says that gymnasts actually train for falling, that they train to bring a positive mentality from one event to the next, even when they make mistakes. We want to be as in the moment and as present as possible and so bring my, my best self to this next skill, even if the skill before just went bad. But this moment? Falling at the Olympic Games, and therefore it being mathematically impossible to medal, is one that Angie says, really, no one could be expected to push through. Not even a gymnast as strong and accomplished as Svetlana Horkina. You know, and the gymnastics all-around competition is, it takes four years to get there. And, and you have this one moment, and all, it's all of your eggs are in that basket. And for something, for an error like that to have happened to her with all her eggs in that basket, you know, and she could have had all the sports psychology training in the world and been, you know, a super proficient mental skills expert. But in that one moment, not been able to to handle it. 
because the weight of that moment being the absolute pinnacle anyone could reach and the mm-hmm. consequence of that fall being simply impossible to come back from is right. just such a impossible to quantify weight for someone exactly. to move beyond. You know, and, and, you know, she kind of had a roadblock that was um, outside of her control. And Angie Pfeiffer, she's not just coming at this from the perspective of a sports psychologist. I actually was a gymnast myself. And back when Angie was competing as a teen? I watched the 2000 vault controversy. So I do remember very clearly, you know, seeing Horkina fall and, you know, an Olympic Games all around final. It's it's devastating. The competition is, it's about everybody doing their best and seeing who ends up on top. So to see her fall and then find out it was because the vault was at the wrong height. And then to hear how that kind of really like tainted the competition, you know, and, and it, it, it ruined her potential for an all around gold. Um, and it, it took away the competition itself, you know, because now it wasn't her best versus the other competitors best. You know, it was, it was, uh, it really, it shouldn't have happened. As the all-around competition came to a close, the crowd was confused because on one side of the arena were Romanian gymnasts cheering and celebrating because on the scoreboard, they were in first, second, and third place, primed for a Romanian podium sweep of the all-around. But on the other side of the arena, over by the vault... Five gymnasts line up for their vault redo. And these five, they all fell on the vault when it was set too low. And after falling on the vault, most of them went on to fall on other events as well. So even a perfect 10 on their redo, it wouldn't change the medal stand. Which is why the Romanians are celebrating even as the competition continues. Some of the five were motivated to go again because, in some countries, national funding for a sport is directly tied to Olympic finishes. So any chance to move up in the rankings is a big deal. For others, like Elise Ray... The only sort of redemption out of that is, see, yeah, I can make my vaults, you know, when the setting is correct. Uh, Maybe that's a little bit of a redemption, but it doesn't feel like that to me at all. Elise... In fact, everyone who went again had great vaults and improved their scores, further evidence that the vault height caused their initial falls. And with her new score, Elise moved up 22 spots, from 35th place to 13th. But she was still far away from a medal because of the fall on beam that she had, the one she couldn't redo. It's not like I can, you know, insert the vault that I made, insert it back into the first rotation. It doesn't matter. I was just, I, I, it was just, I was kind of numb. I still couldn't move on from what happened on vault. Svetlana Horkina was one of the few gymnasts that fell on vault who didn't go again. 
The Olympic Games are not a small-town competition. No one has the right to make mistakes, including those who ensure the safety of the competitions and the standard of apparatuses and so on. That is why I thought it right not to attempt another vault at the end of the competition. The way Svetlana saw it was that she wasn't going to co-sign a solution she thought was unfair. She wasn't going to fix someone else's mistake by vaulting again. The only thing, I guess, that they were able to do was to give a chance to redo vaults again. But this in no way solved any problems or corrected the mistake that was made while setting the vault. After all, I had already made two mistakes in the all-around competition. Simply put, since she couldn't take back the fall on bars, why do the vault again? What was the point? Starting again would have been the fairest option. Australian gymnast Alana Slater. I think I think if you spoke to most athletes around the world, it would have been better off. We probably all have the same opinion. It would have been nice to have started the competition again. I mean, I remember there were whisperings of doing the competition over again. That would be way more fair than just, you know, tacking on an event and replacing that score. I think we all, at the end of the day, have so much respect for each other and we know how hard we all worked. And in for that moment in your Olympic all-around final, you want the best person to win because they had the best day, not because an equipment failure, not because everyone had mistakes. It's sad that we'll never actually know what the real outcome was based on just everyone having their best day. Things actually became even more complicated in the days after the all-around. Andrea Raducan tested positive to pseudoephedrine and therefore committed a doping offense pursuant to articles... The all-around winner, Romanian gymnast Andrea Raducan, tested positive for a banned substance, a cold medicine, and had her gold medal taken away. And that, that's a story for its own podcast, but suffice to say, like the vault controversy, a lot of gymnasts don't agree with the way it was handled. Yeah, I don't think Sudafed, you know, makes you win an Olympics. There's really no better way to say it than how Coach Kelly Hale put it. The Sydney all-around competition, it was a mess. Even the gymnasts who medaled, they've all spoken out critically about the way things were handled at Sydney. And the gymnast who walked away with gold, a different Romanian named Simona Aminar, she said that she doesn't see herself as the true winner. Do you have a person in your mind that you see as the winner of the all-around? I, I, I think if I had to pick, well, it's hard because Corkina, if she had vaulted on the correct, you know, if she had had a normal competition, would she have won? Maybe, you know, and... Radican, you know, she, do I think that the cold medicine helped her win? No, I don't. Maybe she flat out won, you know? Um, So, yeah. I don't know. This question was a lot easier for Alana Slater to answer. Nobody. Nobody's the winner of that event. For all the complaints gymnasts have about Sydney... Alana expressed some sympathy for the people in charge of the competition. Maybe in part because Alana is now a gymnastics judge herself and understands what it's like to be on the other side of things. 
how do you make the decision to make it as fair as possible when that's never happened before what and it's not in the rules how do you make that decision when there's been no precedence and very hard as an organizing committee to make that decision so in that moment that seemed like the fairest choice in the moment that they had i don't know whether if that that happened again people would have a different opinion how do you make a decision when there's no precedent and what would happen if the vault was set too low again on the next episode of blind landing when an apparatus fails you go again that's my opinion of course some gymnasts will say that it should have started again it's not an equipment failure it's not like the the vault fell down they set it wrong i was sure very sure that something it's wrong that's next time on blind landing Blind Landing is reported by me, Ari Saperstein, and produced by me, Christian Green, Micah Kielbon, and Jessica Taylor-Price. Our translator is Luba Balajaeva, and our voice actor is Marley Feuerworker Otto. Special thanks to Ellen Weiss and Mia Zuckercandle, and thanks to our interviewees for sharing their stories. Before you go, one more thing. So, Ratings and reviews are important for every podcast, but especially for shows like this. Blind Landing is independently produced and distributed by a really small team. All of us with full-time jobs working on the podcast in our free time on nights and weekends. I know, literally every podcast asks for this, but if you've enjoyed the story so far, and if you'd like to support indie storytelling, the best thing you could do to help us out is to rate the show five stars on Apple Podcasts. It's really easy. All you do is hit the five-star button on the show's main page. And maybe even leave a review if you've got a minute. We'd really appreciate it. Thanks.